0: We hold these truths to be self-evident. If our enemies dare to strike us, they and all who have aided them will face fearful consequences. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. The eyes of the world are upon you. You will bring about the destruction of the German war machine. And the people who knocked these buildings down will hear all of us soon. Welcome over here to Speak the Truth. This is uh, episode 10. It is now currently 9th of September of 2021. If this is the first time you guys are coming over here, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. This is the first video version of this thing. I know it looks a little different. If you guys are joining us just through the ears, we now just launched the the video version of this on my YouTube channel. That's, that's it. There we go. Just want to let you guys know we've been waiting about a week and I'm still waiting on one more piece to get here to make it fully done. Actually two more. Two more pieces, as a matter of fact. But well, we're gonna start off today with well, it's kind of a kind of a shitty little deal. We have the you guys remember the Fort Hood shooter? If you guys do not know him, uh, he's a piece of shit. On oh, November fifth, two thousand nine, a mass shooting took place in Fort Hood, in near Colleen, Texas. He was actually a U.S. Army major. Yes, he was a U.S. Army major. His name was Nadal Hassan. He fatally shot thirteen people and wounded thirty others. It was the deadliest mass shooting in U.S. history on American base. He was actually shot and he was paralyzed from the waist down. If you guys did not know this, it's uh. Something that had happened and it was terrible. I was actually in. I think I was in at this point for about a year and a half, maybe almost two years, and I was somewhat kind of confused on how this could possibly happen. But they actually had intel at the time that that uh, he was kind of going down this this route. There was reports that a from a joint terrorism task force that had been aware of a series of emails between Hassan and a Yemen-based network, and they didn't really follow through. Maybe they just didn't know at the time exactly how bad it was going to be, but uh, he was monitored by the NSA, and he was actually deemed a security threat. There you go. There's a little background on this piece of shit, Major. Uh, there you go. The, this this is what he said. So the Fort Hood shooter, that's why I wanted to kind of give you guys a background story on him. He congratulates the Taliban from death row. Yes, he is currently on death row. Nor do I know why 12 years later he still hasn't been put to death. He should have been put to death two weeks afterwards. A week afterwards. I mean, there's not really. I I, it, I don't know. I guess it's we got to let the laws play out and our, our system, do its 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 due course. But I I personally think he should all should have been put to death right then. Anyway, so Nadal Hassam, the gentleman who who killed 13 people, he wrote a letter, and his attorney is of course a uh, retired army colonel because he had to take an army representation because he was done on a military base while I was in the military. Just so you're aware. He says all praises to the almighty Allah. Congratulations on your victory over those who hate for the laws and almighty God to the Supreme land. That's what he wrote to the Taliban leadership. He says he prays to Allah and helps you implement Sharia law fully, correctly and fairly. Sharia law refers to, of course, the Islamic law interpretations of which are very, they vary widely. Some, some areas you guys will have your hands cut off for stealing. Some areas will have your eyes plucked out for looking at a woman incorrectly. A lot of areas you'll be stoned to death. Um, you'll be drugged behind a car like sharia law all over the place it's basically stuff from way back in the day he, he also states that we must learn from our nations of the past and not let our wretchedness overcome us uh, thus earning his god's wrath Hassan also added it is to almighty god we give thanks so within the same article that i'm currently reading this is jen Sakiya said this you guys know she is she always circles back and says stuff that really doesn't even pertain to the question that she was asked but she says there's no rush to recognition And that will be plain dependent on the steps the Taliban takes. The world will be watching whether they allow for American citizens, whether they allow for individuals to leave who want to, and whether they treat women right around their country. One of the gentlemen who actually survived the attack uh, that that shithead major uh, did on on the base was Staff Sergeant Alonzo Lunsford. He actually has a response and I love his response. I absolutely love his response. So I'm going to read it verbatim. My response to him personally is I give all my praises to God who taught me how to be a forgiving person. Allah is not the one who still has him taking in oxygen right now. Allah is not the one who spared his life. Allah is not the one who stopped me from wrapping my hands around his neck when I was less than three feet away from him in a courtroom. He needs to be thankful that he's alive. He needs to be thankful that we did not try him according to Sharia law, which is fact. That's almost ironic in the same sense that this guy is calling for Sharia law to take place in Afghanistan. He's praising the Taliban. And yet, if they were to try him for his actions that he did here, he would have been stoned to death, had his head cut off, hung in public, drugged behind a car. It just would have been dependent on who was trying him at that time. All right, so we're going to move on to something just a little bit different than uh, what we were just discussing. This is from the New York Post. If you guys did not know, I kind of do like them, Uh, mainly because they they post something on the articles that either says opinion or news. So you kind of know out the gate. You don't have to sift through an entire article to find it out but they say this inside their, their deal. Uh, the title of it, of course, is Afghan hospital workers bear witness to new chaos following Taliban takeover. I was actually kind of interested because we all know that the last 20 years, they've been having to deal with uh, shootings, IEDs, people getting their limbs blown off, um, just anything that has to do with war. You know what I mean? Like civilian casualties. Um, that's, that's what they generally have been having to deal with over the last 20 years. So I was like, okay, so what could they be dealing with now it says here that kabul's intensive care hospital dedicated to treating the war wounded has noticed a marked shift in natural admissions there used to be many ied bombs explosions starting in the city now their things are different so that kind of got me curious I went on to read through this entire thing it's got a whole bunch of images that i'm not going to be able to show you guys of uh patients in there with their arms gone and legs gone a bunch of people over in afghanistan if you guys don't realize this there's a bunch of areas that still have a ton of like uh, i'm going to say ieds but mainly just uh toe poppers is what we call them like mines. And they're they're actually meant to, to just hurt an individual not really ex- exactly kill them they'll like take your legs off they'll take your foot off they'll take half your body off like they're, they're not really meant to kill you right out the gate and i say and i say this because i we have had a couple guys step on them I, I had a buddy actually step on one stepped over a wall stepped on one had his leg blown off and that was it he got lucky because if he would have stepped on it, it would have took off both legs and his his nether regions and everything like that but since his leg was over the wall it stepped on it he may have gotten lucky lost his leg but it saved everything else but they put those out there because they they want you to step on them, then you're stuck in that location, then they can ambush you. If they can hurt one, then they can kill a whole bunch of other ones. But anyway, there's a little backstory on that. But this goes on to say one of the most prominent problems emergency has uh, encountered since the Taliban takeover is the group celebratory shooting in the air. It sounds kind of goofy. I find it kind of ironic at the same time that people are getting hurt while they're celebratory shooting. On Friday, the rapid gunfire injured 12 two of them were children. One of them injured around was, uh, was seven years old who was emitted by a bullet to the back of the head. And the other boy, age unknown was hit in the chest. Both are fighting for their lives. So you're telling me the Taliban are celebratory shooting and end up shooting a kid in the back of the head and then one in the chest. And I've always wondered that. Have you ever seen the videos when they're shooting up into the air? Where the hell are those bullets landing? Like they, they they're not just going into space and floating out there. You know, they're not, they're coming back to earth. So <laughs> So well, if you shoot one into the air, is the trajectory of the bullet—I mean, it's going to go up, and then it just, is it gonna, it's just—is it going to—it's going to come down over here? I mean, I, I don't know. I always thought that was kind of curious. I've seen some really funny videos of of mishaps of shooting, no one getting shot in accident, but there you go. Taliban are shooting people on accident currently in Afghanistan while they're celebrating or whatever the fuck they're celebrating for, which is a lot of interesting stuff, which I'm going to move on to the next one because it just keeps getting nice and spicy here because there's a lot of shit going on in America. It's not really that important, I would say, in comparison to what's going on over there because right now Taliban fighters are using whips against Afghan women protesting an all-male interim government they're also using whips against reporters. There's some images online that are pretty terrible, I'm not going to lie. Where these 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 two guys, they're reporters and they have these huge like red um, lacerations on their back and all over the inner parts of their thighs like next to their their nether regions where they have just been absolutely beaten. Just had the absolute shit beat out of them because they were uh, reporting on stuff that makes the Taliban look bad. It's kind of the same as communist China except a little bit of North Korea mixed in, mixed in with a little bit of Iran, mixed in with a little bit of every every other shithead nation. That's pretty much the Taliban right there. So this actually goes on to say Taliban fighters used whips and sticks against a group of women protesting in Kabul on Wednesday, following the announcement of a hardline male-only government. Yes, male-only government is going to happen in Afghanistan under the Taliban rule in the group's latest crackdown in Afghanistan. So the fighters also beat a number of journalists covering the demonstration, according to witnesses. And that is very true. This is on CNN, by the way. This is got to be factual. Another woman at the protest said the Taliban had proved that they cannot change. I, I think that goes without saying that the, we knew the Taliban coming into this entire thing, they were not going to change. That's not their entire goal. Their goal is to take over country and do the same exact shit out the gate. They might seem like they're going to be just a tad bit different, um, but as we do know, if you guys haven't haven't listened to a few of the podcasts over on Spotify and Apple and stuff, and you're just seeing this now for video on, for the first time. I mean, they have murdered, they murdered a guy for singing in public. Uh, He was shot in the back of the head, execution style. They've been going house to house trying to find Americans uh, while they were still there. They kicked a lady in the stomach for being pregnant with an American child. Oh, and they stoned a man to death. Yes, they stoned a man to death. Okay, so there you go. Not much is going to change. It's so funny because didn't didn't the the super hard left people, weren't they calling Trump supporters at one time? Weren't they calling like the Neanderthals? No, these motherfuckers are Neanderthals. Oh, man. All right. Well... There you go. There's a little bit of snippets of what's going on in Afghanistan. I hope that your day is going a lot better than who's ever living over there. Because I tell you right now, they're waking up in fear every single day while you're waking up drinking your beautiful cup of coffee, which if I had a sponsor for these podcasts, I could plug it right there. But I don't because we talk about stuff that people don't really enjoy. Actually, apparently, apparently you do because we've been top 20 in the world for the last week. Fuck off. We'll keep doing it. So we'll continue to move on here because I know you guys are absolutely enthralled with excitement. So if you guys didn't know, an expert says that the Taliban have almost no chance of getting their hands on the Afghan central banks nearly $10 billion. Yes, that's right. $10 billion in reserves that is mostly stashed in New York. There's $10 billion in Afghan reserves that is stashed in New York. So they're not going to be able to get it, which makes me pretty pretty fairly happy because, I mean, we did just give them an absolute shit pile of uh, weapons. And I know a lot of people saying we give them weapons and tanks and everything else. No, we didn't really give them that much. When it comes to vehicles, I've already stated, they won't be running for longer than two weeks. They don't know how to maintain them, which is kind of crazy. I don't, I still don't understand why we just didn't, maybe we were in such a rush or maybe it was just, maybe it's just too common sense. I don't, I don't know. Maybe we should have turned around and just shot all the tires on, on the Humvees because then they wouldn't have any tires. And I know for a fact, they won't be able to get any new ones. Anyway, the majority of Afghanistan's reserve are reportedly be held by the Federal Reserve of the Bank of New York, which is pretty good because the Taliban has almost no chance of getting their hands on it. It is essentially legally impossible because the Taliban are not recognized as a legitimate government by the United States. And the United States has every legal authority to freeze the assets that were held by a government when the government is replaced by a non-government, which makes sense. I wonder if the Taliban thought this through. I wonder if they're like, you know what, we're going to go over and take this over and we're going to get money. I bet you they didn't actually realize there was that much. No, they had to. Yeah. They're not really that stupid. They're just wild. I mean, if you guys knew how crafty they were with their IEDs and how they would launch rockets using, like, it was, they would use these recoilless rifles. I always go on these rants because people think that these people are just dumb as rocks, but they're pretty crafty. They really are. I mean, they would take these these recoilless rifle rounds that were not meant to do that, and they would sit them on a a, a kind of like a rock system. Like it, They would pile up rocks or something, and they would use a level to get the trajectory correct to shoot them up into the air when they weren't meant to shoot like that and use them kind of like a a mortar system. They would shoot them at us all the time like that. We finally ended up killing them all, taking that shit from them, and then oddly enough, we gave it to the Afghan army. Then they got it back because Joe Biden gave it all back to them. So the only way that the Taliban can actually see the billions of dollars that they have in reserves right now is if they cease to be the Taliban, which we all know is not going to happen ever. It'll never happen because only if they were ceased to be the Taliban, might they become to be viewed as a legitimate government body of Afghanistan. And the majority of those reserves are reportedly held by the Federal Reserve Bank, where many governments and foreign uh, central bank hold assets. So that's also really interesting as well. I didn't realize how many countries hold a lot of their assets in the Federal Reserve Bank of New York. Mm. That also goes to show you how much trust and how much power the United States has over the entire world. Like if, if a lot of people in a lot of countries, not, well, I guess there's a lot of people, but a lot of countries hold their assets in New York, in our banking system, says a lot. Unless you're under this administration where we clearly cannot get any, any support from Europe. You, like they will not even back our, our military decisions. So that's always, that's always an interesting one. I love that. I know there's a lot of stuff going on about these, uh, about over there in Afghanistan, but it just keeps, the, the news keeps rolling in. I mean, I don't know if you guys, there's a bunch of protesters that have been defying the Taliban uh, intimidation. It's been a bunch of women as well, which I always find really ironic because this current administration's, their their entire agenda leading up into getting elected was human rights, women's rights, defunding the police, everything like that. But over in Afghanistan, right, you have like you're going to have the biggest women's rights violations, I would say, ever just coming right in full force. And they're not supporting them one bit like at all. So dozens of demonstrators have been gathering near the Pakistan embassy in Kabul. Taliban gunmen opened fire to disperse them. Yes, that is right. Instead of coming over the loudspeakers, say, hey, get the hell out of here. here. They're like, they say, fuck it. Just said, send the rounds over the top of them. more demonstrators were reported in Parwan and Nimrod's promises. I actually don't know where those are at. They must be on the border somewhere. Photos have also emerged showing injuries inflected of two journalists. Those are the ones I was talking about earlier. The ones that had the absolute shit beat out of them. One of the Taliban put his foot on my head. This is the guy that uh, had the, his, his, his back and body whipped. One of the Taliban put his foot on my head, crushed my face against the concrete. They kicked me in the head and he thought he was going to be killed. He was covering a protest by women in front of police stations with his colleague. So he was just a journalist reporting on something that was actually going on over there. And the Taliban, like, I, like I've said many a times, they're just going to try to squat. Like if, if it doesn't meet their agenda, it's kind of like any of the political parties here in America, the right or the left. If they had the ability to do what the Taliban can do or could do and would do, they would. But they don't because it is America. But if you think about it, the Taliban is nothing more than a political party with absolutely no rules whatsoever. They can do whatever they want. They can say whatever they want. And they're not held accountable at all. Taliban gunfire also rang at, out over the pro, uh, protest, excuse me, in Parwan and Amaj um, news reports. No one can silence our voice by force of arms. Death to Pakistan and the United States. All right. That's what I'm talking about. On Tuesday, three people were also killed during a demonstration in western city of Herat. The Taliban denied they were behind it. So I guess it was, I don't know who, who would have done that. That's the other thing. Is they, who, who's going to hold them accountable for going around killing protesters? No one. So. And the reason why I bring all this stuff up and I always like to talk about the Taliban and what is going on over there, for one, I, I don't think the there's a couple of media outlets that actually do a pretty good job of it. And the reason why I like to bring up what's going on in Afghanistan so much, I feel like I have a... a um, pretty strong tie there like like emotionally i guess uh but i understand what 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 those people like i just kind of get it a, li- a little bit more than i think most of the news outlets get and i've always stated this uh, both sides of the party doesn't matter if you're right or left they always have a political agenda tied to it like if you go on i always like to use fox news and cnn for this i'm not going to say one is crazier than the other one but one is crazier than the other one during certain times and certain when they're pushing a certain agenda so if you go on cnn they're talking about everything that's going on in covid and they're talking about what's going on in california because there's a political agenda behind it. You go to Fox News, they talk about anything that's going to... It's the same thing they did last year, CNN did with Trump, but kill Biden's presidency and kill him in the approval ratings and stuff. The, the fact of the matter is Fox doesn't really even have to do that. Biden's going to do it himself. The guy wakes up in the morning and shits the bed. I don't know if literally, but that could be thing that really could possibly be happening. I don't know. The man could be wearing Depends for all we know. We have no idea what goes on back there. Please take that as a joke. I know how some of you guys get well let's go on to the next one this one's also pretty interesting if you guys didn't see the podcast or hear the podcast yesterday over at spotify or apple wherever you get them i said and i stated this actually i think i said this in the first one charles i said in the very first podcast that we cannot and cannot and should not give up bagram airbase the airfield in afghanistan it's the largest one in afghanistan we have had and we still do to this day we have military bases all over the world japan germany wish we had one in China, but we don't. South Korea, Africa, a- Asia, like everywhere you could possibly imagine we have them. Iraq still. And why did we give up the one in Afghanistan with such a, a military advantage to that whole region? Because that would give us an, like if we needed to use Afghanistan as a launching point to get to China, then we could. But we have a large, just massive air base there. We could just have just kept it. There's no need to get rid of it, right? it would have cost us a minimal amount of money. And yesterday I spoke about China is actually thinking about taking over Bagram Airfield. I wonder why they would do that. This lonely guy here in Texas could tell you fucking why. The same thing I just said, strategic advantage to disperse your shit all throughout uh, the, the Middle East. Anyway, China is to provide Afghanistan with $31 million worth of food and COVID vaccines. If you guys do not know this, China is really becoming buddy-buddy with the Taliban. Don't know why you would want to do that, but if you were a communist regime... In the first place, you probably want to be friends with any other shithead organization. Usually good people are friends with good people and bad people are friends with bad people. Same thing with countries. Bad countries fucking love to buddy buddy and like North Korea and China and Buddy Buddy or Russia and China. Like they're all good friends with each other. You know, kinda like how Russia was giving Syria all the weapons so they could kill their own people. And China literally has concentration camps, if you guys do not know that. I'm actually kinda glad we make this podcast, because I get to talk about shit like this that The normal news out networks, they don't want to talk about because it may hurt them in a sense. All right, here we go. Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Yi, yes, Wang Yi, also announced that China will donate 3 million vaccine doses to the Afghanistan people. My first question to that Chinese Wang Yi is, where are they going to store them? I'm not going to throw this out there, but I know that for the most part, Afghanistan doesn't have a real good electrical grid. It doesn't really stay on at night very well. kind of shuts off. How are they going to disperse them? Basically, they're just shitting over 3 million Vaccine doses that probably won't get used very well. Uh, Anyway, following a high profile meeting between the Taliban leaders and the Chinese foreign minister in July, Wang called the Taliban, this is what he called them, an important military and political force in Afghanistan and declared that they would play an important role in the country's peace, reconciliation and reconstruction process. That's right. The Taliban have been deemed as peaceful. Yes, I don't even know where to go from that because they were deemed as peaceful. And yet they're still brutally killing and beating people. In return the Taliban called China a good friend and pledged to never allow any forces to use the Afghan territory to engage in acts detrimental to China. If you don't know there's like a 50-mile stretch that it touches China to Afghanistan. So, and China's big thing is they just want to build a road to go all the way through and do that's pretty much it. China however has also benefited from the relative stability brought uh, by the US over the past two decades. The nation is particularly concerned that Afghanistan would become a base for terrorists in extremist fighting for independence for largely Muslim region of Xinjiang. Yang, I'm going to get that wrong. Anyway, so that portion of, of, of China, this is what I was talking about a second ago. They have a ton of concentration camps where they send Muslims in there um, in this certain province, in this certain area to have them re-educate into the communist ways and whatnot. If you guys do not know this, I'm not making this up and you look it up. Communist re-education camps. They literally, they have satellite images where it'll go from... Um, barren ground to buildings to literally fenced in, concent- literally concentration camps, and they call them reeducation camps for these people. And that's why China was so worried about um, the Taliban having influence in those areas, those heavily Muslim areas, because they didn't want to create any extremism uh, in China, like terrorist type. And that's why they're trying to stay buddy buddy with them. It's just I don't know why anybody's not. No one has even reported very much about the concentration camps or reeducation camps themselves within China. Because it has to be some type of violation to, to forcefully put somebody inside of a camp to re-educate them to the ways of a communist. Like but it is a communist country, so they can do whatever if they want. There you go. There's your China news. Go China. All right. So this is going to be touching on, our, I think, our final thing about uh, Afghanistan, but it has more to do with uh, America. If you guys don't know, Ab- Afghan evacuees held at the Virginia base uh, are leaving in Ubers. Yes. This is not something that's being made up. There was a letter sent to Blinken as, as well about this. A Tennessee congressman who also fought in Iraq and Afghanistan, he was a war veteran. He sent a letter to the State Department demanding answers after a source informed his office that evacuees were being held at a Virginia military base. Had They had free reign of campus and have allegedly been leaving the base and ride-hailing apps like Ubers. My question is, how the hell did these people know about Ubers and Lyfts? I don't have that shit over there. They have like Uber Donkey. I do know that. There is a thing in Afghanistan called Uber Donkey. It's pretty good. So these evacuees are being held at Fort Pickett and they're not being fully uh, vetted whatsoever. They basically have free reign of the entire complex and have been allowed to leave despite not having completed any of the vetting process. This is their claim, though. They told them that they have absolutely no authority to arrest or stop any of the evacuees from leaving the base on their own free will, regardless of the vetting status. Among the allegations mentioned, Green wrote that several evacuees have been picked up by Uber drivers without any permission from authorities or being cleared to leave. And they're telling people, if you go and don't come back, that this will end your visa processing. If they want to be free, they're gone. There's nobody to keep them from leaving. So the only thing that's keeping them back from leaving is they won't get a visa. And this was my question. Like, I think it was episode two, episode three, or maybe episode one, I don't recall. But how do we know who is exactly coming back on these flights? It was good that we got a whole bunch of people out of there, but who is coming back on the flights themselves? Do we know if they're Taliban are they ISIS extremists? We don't know if they're any, if they have any type of influence in, in that, in that realm of the world of just terrorism in general. Are they part of Al-Qaeda? We don't, we have no one actually, no one knows if they're part of the Haqqani network. There's a whole bunch of terrorist organizations that a lot of people don't realize, um, and some of these people could have been a part of it without us even knowing, because they just shoved them onto the plane, they flew them back, and now they're some of them are, are getting out uh, into the free world of America without even being vetted, which is kind of crazy if you think about it, because that's that's actually worse than having an open border in Mexico, which we've actually done a pretty good job at this year as well. And he goes on to saying we have no way of knowing who they are, because they're not going to have any IDs. Not like in America. A lot of Americans think that everybody in the world has IDs. Some of these people don't have IDs. They don't know how old they are. You know how many people I talk to in Afghanistan? They don't know how old they are. They don't. No one knows how old they are. They're like, ah, I could be between 25 Oh, okay. Well, oh, fuck. All right. 25-year-old man. Anyway, it goes on to say we've had talks with people who are saying they know Taliban is in some of these flights. See what I say? So this is one of the greatest security risks the nation has ever had And the president and the state department. Don't seem to care. They don't seem to care. They don't care. Right now they're going to California to care about recall elections and who's going to take that Democratic seat. Or they care about pushing a $3.5 trillion of spending bill. That is, has Green New Deal and a bunch of bullshit tied into it. And this is going on. This is your, this should be the number one thing on Kamala Harris and Biden's agenda right now. Like, all right, pause everything that's going on. These things lock down that base. Who the fuck is getting out? Where are they at? Find them. Who was on there? How was how that not? How, how, should that have been the first thought when they landed, do not allow these people to leave, but they have other stuff that's on their list. Kind of like this one, Biden oust 18 Trump military, uh, board appointees for the academies. You guys do not know this. There's board appointees for like the Naval Academy and the Air Force Academy and and stuff like that. Okay, But the Biden administration on Wednesday removed 18 appointees named to the U.S. Military Academy board by Donald Trump in the final months of his, his, his term in office. So Donald Trump put these in their appointed positions. And I believe it's like a three year term. But The White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki confirmed the former Trump officials were asked to resign or face firing. It was not immediate clear of those who asked to tender their re- resignations before 6pm uh, deadline. So they gave him a 6pm deadline. And the only reason I could see why he would be wanting to do this or why they'd be wanting to do this is because they've been absolutely destroyed in the polls by independents and Democrats also are starting to lose a bunch of hope. And, and that was discussed yesterday. And this, this, this would give him a little bit of validity within his own party on getting rid of 18 people that were appointed by, by Trump. Which to me is just asinine in itself, because the military is not a political place. Those people are appointed in their positions, in to to observe and be the board of director for for those for those academies themselves, not for any political agenda whatsoever. Unless if they're trying to appoint new people so they can instill like CRT and random other bullshit training into these these naval academies and whatnot. That's the only reason why I could I, I could think you want to do this. Anyway, she goes on to say, "This is Saki." By the way. When she was asked about it, I will I will let others evaluate whether they think Kellyanne Conway and Sean Spicer and others who are qualified or not political, which I don't really understand that, to serve on these boards. But the president's qualification requirements are not are your party's registration. They're whether you're qualified to serve and whether you align with the values of this administration. So they're firing these people and get rid of them because they don't align with the values of this administration. Currently, the values of this administration have literally been take sides with terrorism, be friends with terrorists, leave Americans behind, have open borders, let inflation rise, gas prices and everything else just inflate to giant numbers. Like, if that's what that's what they're getting rid of them for, that seems a little, little different. I guess I wouldn't want to be a part of the administration as well. Several of those called on to resign pushed back. Conway jabbed that Biden said, I'm not resigning, but you should. Sh- yes, 100%. She went on the statement and called it disappointing, but... Understandable effort to distract from the chaotic US withdrawal in Afghanistan, a rising COVID 19 cases, and a disappointing August jobs report. It's exactly what I just said a second ago. This all has a political means behind it, it is to distract the American public from what is really actually going on. But at the same time, like we were just discussing the fact that he was trying to deter you from something else, Biden's approval ratings are down in six critical swing states. So more Americans in six critical swing states disapprove of the job President Biden has done uh, thus far. The administration is trying to recover from a bungled pullout in Afghanistan, as we do know. President's approval ratings in Arizona, Florida, Georgia, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, and Texas lag behind his disapproval ratings by 10 points or more. That's a huge deal. That's a mega deal. I don't know if you guys realize this, because some of these states he won by very, very small margins of votes that came in at like 3 a.m. all by themselves. In 2020, President-elect Biden won three of these states by narrow margin: Arizona, Georgia, and Pennsylvania. And former Trump won the other three states by a very slight margin. Texas Trump won by a margin of five points. Wow. Has the largest gap now in Biden's ratings at 26%. 59% of the Lone Star resistance disapprove of Biden and only 33% approve. I would assume the 33% live in Dallas, Houston, and Austin. The next highest gap in the States is Georgia with 15%, 38% approve and 53% disapprove. That's pretty terrible. Biden won Georgia by 0.2%. So let that sink in. So he won by 0.2%. Now he's absolutely getting crushed by whatever opponent was going to come in at this point. The difference of a 13% in Florida and North Carolina, both states, Biden had lost. In a highly contested Pennsylvania, which declared Biden the winner three weeks after the election, because of a series of recounts, the gap is the smallest at 10%. So now he's actually losing it by 10%. Voters in Keystone State approve of Biden by only 41% and 51% disapprove. Biden has a net positive approval rating is only 13 of the 50 states. So let that sink in. 13 of the 50 states in the United States. He has a net approval rating of 50% or more. I bet you I can name a bunch of those off really fast without even having to try. I mean, it's fairly obvious. You have like New York and Illinois, Washington, Oregon, uh, probably New Mexico, California, probably a couple more of those. And in a poll, a possible rematch between Biden and Trump, the former president would eke out a win. The Emerson College survey released last Friday found that 47% of voters would pick Trump while 46 would vote for Biden, 39% of Democrats said they would look for a, a candidate besides Biden in 2024. And they're only saying this because they do not want to come out. Like, imagine if, if the Democrats came out and they said some shit like, you know what? I think it's time for us to look for a new, for a new uh, guy in 2024. And he's only seven months into his presidency. A lot of the shit that he would try to get done probably wouldn't happen. While 67% of Republicans would stick with Trump. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to say I would vote for Trump or anybody should vote for Trump in the next election, but I would say, uh, I don't know. I think DeSantis, Candace Owens, I guess Trump's probably going to run. I mean, imagine if DeSantis and Trump ran together. I don't know if they like each other that much or whatnot, but just thinking about that. I mean, that would be, I, I don't know. All right. So here we go. This is, these are the good ones. These are the nice, tasty, toasty ones. Uh, this is a opinion article, by the way, by the LA Times. It's not by the LA Times, but it's a, it's a opinion article within the LA Times. The American myth that's driving some Latinos to support the recall. Now we're going to talk about the recall election. That's a massive deal. So you have a Kamala Harris and President Biden going next week over to California. And right now, Kamala Harris is going around with Gavin Newsom doing like political engagements, like speaking to people about why they need to vote no for the recall. Now, recall, if you guys do not know, uh, if, if Gavin Newsom gets recalled, it's about a 99% chance Larry Elder is going to take the seat. And he could take it with like 20% of the votes. Like literally, that's the way it would work. And they don't want to see that happen because that would really that would hurt the Democrats going into 2022 pretty severely. And it would allow Larry Old to do stuff that Californians uh would be against for the most part, like mass mandates. He would he would take those away. He would he would declare an emergency on water. There's apparently California's running out of water. Uh, and homelessness problem is a big deal. If you guys did not know this? Like one in every third three homeless person in America resides in California. Pretty wild. But many of the voters of color who support recalling Gavin Newsom have one thing in common. (laughs) They describe the idea that hard work and self-discipline are really all it takes to win in this society. This is an opinion article, by the way. This is by some person that was 100% spoon-fed every fucking thing they have in their life. I want you to realize this. Opinion articles are written by people with clearly an opinion. And this person's opinion is not that of a hardworking American that has earned every fucking thing they have in their life. And yes, this makes me a little bit mad. Because what they're stating in here, this is put out by the LA Times. And what they're stating here is if, if you work hard, you won't succeed, which is fucking bullshit. It is the most asinine thing that I've, I've read today inside of this, this podcast. It's not fucking true. If you work your ass off, you can't succeed. You can do anything you put your mind to. I was always told that I literally, we started everything we have right now with fucking nothing. Literally nothing. And look what we have now. One of the largest platforms on YouTube. And, and this is one of the largest podcasts somehow in the, in the fucking world. And we started with nothing. So you can do anything you set your mind to. Fuck this person. Sorry. Got a little angry there. A little angry. Got me a little heated. Anyways, it goes on to say, call it uh, the pull yourself up by the bootstraps ideology. It's a magnetic freedom loving myth. The self-made man with roots in Western cowboy masculinity. In this pandemic, it has morphed into despising Newsom's COVID-19 regulations as well as opposing state aid for people who has been thrown out of work. So they're already setting the, the, they're already setting the pretense for, for how, they, how they believe and what their opinion is. Right there, they, they say that people that, that go against Gavin Newsom and their face masks, regulations, everything like that, that they're for it. And they also say that, that we've been throwing people out of work. Well, yes, the motherfucker threw people out of work because... He closed down everything that there is. Now, this this person is clearly for 100% paying people to stay home. Or like I discussed the other day, paying people to not commit crimes. When you know, in fact, they're going to commit crimes. Because it's one of the most crime-infested areas in the United States. You can't just pay somebody not to commit crime. He goes on to say, hard work is necessary, but it's not sufficient condition for being able to experience success. This is what Israel Ortiz said, a political science professor of Chicano activism at San Diego State That's a fucking, that's a mouthful. Professor of Chicano activism. That's literally their job title. You need opportunity as well so that hard work can actually translate into economic success. And that's where the government comes into play. No, the government does not come into play when it comes to your success. I never once had the government say, hey, I'm going to give you this handout So you can be fucking successful. No, I had to go out in there and fucking work just like every other American I know. I I am telling you, I know a lot of successful people that have made tens and hundreds of millions of dollars and not a single one of them has had a government handout. That's a fucking factual statement. Take that to the bank. I have a good friend, Hector Rodriguez, born in Mexico, literally had absolutely fucking nothing. The dude is ultra successful now, had zero government handouts. So what does this person say? That my buddy, because he's a he's a Hispanic gentleman from Mexico, has made tens of millions of fucking dollars. He's only successful because he had a government handout? No, it's because he worked his fucking ass off and he did something different. That is why he's successful. Sorry, I'm getting really irritated with this one. This one kind of chapped me up just a little bit. The recall elections Republican frontrunner Larry Elder, who blames the problem and denies the reality of systematic racism. Right there, they're they're speaking what they believe. Larry Elder doesn't believe in systematic racism. Okay, well, fuck, he, maybe he doesn't. He wants support because he offers up the simple mantra, hard work wins. So Larry Elder is against racism and systematic racism and everything else like that, this uh, ideological thing of systematic racism, because he believes hard work wins. Elders appeal to minority black and brown Californians with a message doesn't surprise Jasmine Hill, an assistant professor of public policy. They're always professors of some bullshit California um, college. She's public policy and sociology at UCLA. So that gives her the fucking right in the she's so much smarter than any other average American because she works at a fucking college. It's a very alluring narrative because it says that if I just keep working hard, this will work out for me, she told me. Fundamentally, it assumes that poverty and deprivation are personal choices. Okay. Poverty is, is not essentially your personal choice and deprivation is not your personal choice, but it is a person's personal choice to stay in that area that they're in. You know what's great about America? You can move anywhere you fucking want. Anybody can save up $1,000 and you can't tell me you fucking can't. Anybody can save up money, hop on a train, a bus and move and leave the area of what they called so-called poverty and start over. Anybody can do it. Anybody can do it on planet Earth. You know what these people that are in poverty can do as well. At the age of eighteen, they can join the military, and now they have the, one of the best lives you can possibly have outside of what you just lived. And you can actually have some somebody that is there to raise you uh, in a sense—not essentially raise you, but kind of take you as a in a, a young adult and kind of form you into a way of of being a, an actor person of society that can actually contribute something. Um, so no, I, I don't believe in this. And I, I think it's going to keep going on, man, this, this little, this little piece right here kind of got me going. I'm sorry. And it goes on to say, of course, Republicans whose worldview would preserve existing inequalities recognize that they can no longer win elections without some support from people of color, particularly as demographics change. Okay. So you can't really go on and say this because the entire agenda of the democratic party last year was BLM, antifa go after the riots Uh, you can protest as much as you want because they were trying to gain the support of the black voter the entire year you haven't heard a single peep out of them supporting blm or antifa anything else over this last year whatsoever have you last seven months they haven't said a fucking word because they were trying to get the voters that were on the blm side and, and they were trying to get the black majority vote which they did they succeeded which great i mean i don't really give a shit as long as a person votes the way they want to vote i don't care but you cannot go out here and say that, of course, Republicans, whose worldview, like you you can't go out and say that because the, the entire time, the last year of going into the race for the election, they were going specifically only at the black voters. It's the only thing they ever talked about. Why do you think Joe Biden got Kamala Harris? You want to talk about that? Kamala Harris hated Joe Biden. Absolutely hated him. Why do you think they picked her? Because she was a woman or a woman of color or because they wanted to get the black vote? Let's be honest. Can we just fucking call a spade a spade? Oh, man. Got me going. I didn't realize this article was gonna make me this irritated. So they're ramping up rhetoric about self-made man, which they hope might make a connection with a hardworking immigrant. Innovation and hard work should be celebrated. Republican candidate Kevin Faulkner he he tweeted this recently. Instead of Californians and their businesses have suffered under never-ending regulations, which is a factual statement. I know this. I know this for a fact. California is the most heavily taxed areas in the country. I mean, when I mean heavily taxed, there is a hundred and seventy-five thousand-ish. Californians moving to Texas every year due to tax reasons. Texas right now is 8% under the national average for cost of living. 8% under. California was like 30% higher than the national average. Why would anybody want to live there? Um, I guess the beaches are nice. I don't know. If you have enough money, you can build your own beach. There's fake beaches all over here in Texas. There is. All right. Well, sorry. That one got me a little riled. So we're going to talk a little bit more about the uh, the actual uh, recall elections going on. California, if you guys don't know, the homeless crisis... Has to do with the recall recall effort, and I want to discuss this quite a bit because if he doesn't know, California's homeless crisis is a top of a mind issue for many voters who are still weighing on whether to return to the ballots or not to to vote yes or no. I would assume that this is a major thing in California. This would be second to taxes for me. Because you guys have not been to L.A. or anywhere around there, it looks like a pile of shit. It's because it is a pile of shit, literally. There's people shitting on the streets outside of L.A. Like that is not a joke. It's all over. Like it's disgusting. Oh, huge homeless encampments. Just all over the street. Like you can't, how could you feel safe driving down there? Which is so ironic to me because you have all these huge celebrities living around there that are driving past these people of poverty or these drug infested areas. And then they get on Twitter and they scream at Republicans or right, right-sided right people for, for hating. It's so ass, it's so stupid. Anyway, Newsom has long promised progress for a problem that has been decades in the making in July. He signed a funding package that would direct $12 billion, $12 billion, toward addressing homelessness over two years, another 10.3 for building affordable housing. But many Californians are impatient for results and some plan to express frustration by either voting to recall Newsom or participating in the election at all. So $12 billion and another 10.3. So you're looking at $22.3 billion. That's quite a bit. On any given night in California, the governor's office estimates that there are 170,000 homeless people on the street. California accounted for more than half of all unsheltered people in the United States according to 2020 homeless assessment report to Congress, which was released earlier this year. And the report noted that 70% of homeless people in California were living outdoors, making them more visible. Like let that sink in 50% of all the homeless people in America, more than half unsheltered. 70% of them lived outside on a single night in January, 2021 one in every three people in the U S experiencing homelessness were in California. A 2021 report also said that the national law income housing coalition foundation. Wow. That's a mouthful that a person in California working a 40 hour work week needs to earn $39 an hour to afford a two-bedroom apartment at a fair market rent, making it the most expensive state to rent in the country. If that person was making the state minimum wage, which is $14 an hour, they would have to work 112 hours a week to afford the same two-bedroom apartment. So California has way more issues on its hands. And I think it's actually the state that has the most debt of any state at the same time. And yet it has the highest tax rate and the highest living conditions and the highest homelessness rate. And it's damn near out of water. How could you tell, how could you tell me that you would like to keep the same person in office and the same people in office that have done all this to you over this last years? When then you look at Texas and we're just a bunch of fucking normal people and we're doing pretty good. Having a good time. No one really talks shit to each other. If we don't have people shitting themselves on the streets, I might see a homeless person every now and then if I go down to Austin. But Austin's pretty much the new version of L.A. So it's not super shocked. So this is this is exactly what the twelve billion dollar homeless funding package was that he that Newsom approved. So this is kind of interesting. So I thought I would share it with y'all. It would make a much longer term investment in, and is part of the Democratic government, larger one hundred billion dollars California comeback plan that was possible because of the state's budget surplus. Within the homeless package, about five point eight billion would be directed towards Project Homekey, which is focused on acquiring hotels and motels quickly turning them into more than 42,000 long-term housing units. About $3 billion of that money, the Home Key money, is dedicated to housing with wraparound services for people with several social and emotional behavioral health problems. So you're going you're gonna to spend $5.8 billion to buy these hotels and, and motels and stuff that, have, that you want to make into 42,000 long-term housing units. I can tell you right now this is screaming fucking disaster. Absolute disaster if you think about it. So you're going to stick a bunch of homeless people into hotels and motels all together. You think they're gonna to go to work? Who's gonna keep continuing to pay for all their shit over the years? Now you're just asking for even more debt to be in, in, taken on by the public, which is gonna raise your tax rates even more and you're spending even more, and you're not gonna you're not gonna help the problem. You're just giving them somewhere to do their drugs. Who's gonna feed them? Like, what the fuck? Like you might actually help some of them, yeah. But you're gonna create a, like imagine how disgusting that area is gonna. Who's gonna clean all that shit up? Literally. Who's going to clean that shit up? Legislation the Newsom signed also set aside 1.75 billion to make 7,200 units that are in a, the pipeline available for poorest families and those existing homeless. Another 45 million would be dedicated to service and housing for homeless veterans. You only give 45 million to homeless veterans, but you're giving 5.8 billion for the entire project. His broader 100 billion plan. Oh, excuse me. Forty-five million of a hundred billion. Plan includes one point one billion that we spent in partnership with local governments on cleaning up trash downtown areas as well as state streets and freeways. So you have to spend one point one billion dollars to clean up a mess. That is the most expensive trash pile I've ever seen in my fucking life. One point one billion dollars to clean up a mess that could have been like prevented one hundred percent if you just wouldn't have allowed it to happen in the beginning. So your taxpayers, y'all in California, y'all are having to pay for incompetent politicians that are currently running your state that is up for recall election. So hopefully you vote yes. I would if I was you, just because I just laid out a whole bunch of shit that makes a bunch of sense. If you can't see it, then I don't know what to tell you. But if you guys don't know, I've been talking about Sydney, Australia for a little bit, or just Australia in general. And right now they have revealed a planned and months long uh, lockdowns. Yes, that is right. They have little COVID concentration camps over there in uh, Sydney. And they're currently giving... The population to plan the state of Wales state capital, which has been locked down since July because of the Delta variant outbreak. The state government has released much anticipated roadmap. You have a roadmap to freedom. That's literally what it says. Roadmap to freedom. <laughs> Let that say that is the title of the roadmap to freedom. Uh, it sets out new freedoms for people. Once 70% of adults in the States have had two vaccines. She declined to nominate a date of the reopening, but said it once, once the uh, States or the, the country had occurred 70% of its adult Uh, vaccination that's the target and that following Monday you can you'll be have some freedom and I'm about to explain what those freedoms are this is pretty fun so she said fully vaccinated people would have access to other privileges like this are you ready for the privileges you will be having in Australia if you are fully vaccinated you are going to be allowed to have five visitors in your home You'll have 20 persons in outdoor gatherings. You're allowed to carpool. You can travel around the state. Lucky you, you get to travel around your state. Subject to distancing restrictions, the following venues will also reopen. Oh my gosh. But it's subject to distance. Restaurants and cafes and bars. Gyms, indoor recreation centers and sporting facilities. Hairdressers, nail salons, cinemas, galleries, theaters, museums, churches and places of worship. There's no singing allowed though. You better not fucking sing inside those churches. You better not do it. There will be a 500 person limit to outdoor seated events and 50 person limit at weddings and funerals. It's actually says that it's not yet clear how people will prove their vaccination status, but there has been a discussion of vaccination passport or an app. We already know that the app, the facial recognition one, currently more than half of Australia's 25 million people are under lockdown. There are also outbreaks in Victoria and Australian capital. So you have 12 and a half million people currently in lockdown in Australia. While I'm sitting here in Texas making a podcast here we go we got portland mayor now says police hands off riot response was not the right strategy oh yes you got another defund the police city that says holy shit we need cops we need them bad it is clear based on the public outcry and on the media outcry the national front, that the strategy was not the right strategy wheeler said during a portland council city meeting i think we can all acknowledge that he added i take full responsibility for it okay all right all right he said portland was still trying to find the right recipe for handling riot okay i'm gonna tell you right now how you handle the riot Send the police in to do the job. You'll handle it pretty quick. Local residents also claim that they felt terrorized and abandoned as riders and helmets and, and gas masks and some armed with baseball bats and paintball guns. Fucking Antifa. Did you guys see the Antifa person? Actually, to be honest with you, I don't think it was Antifa. Some crazy left left leftist person went and was throwing eggs at Larry Elder's people. And Oddly enough, she was a white lady wearing a monkey mask, throwing eggs at a black man who was running for office. Kind of weird. So that did happen. That happened yesterday as well. Oh, last thing we're gonna tuck on. Good job, Florida. Way to go. I always love typing in Florida when it comes to news because there's some wild shit that happens in Florida. I don't know what it is, but y'all are bred different. Y'all are bred by God knows what. And uh, Florida deputies seized enough fentanyl to kill 481,000 people. Yes, that is right. Flagler County, actually, no Flagler County, has closed down a drug house that had contained enough fentanyl to kill 481,000 people. They had seized 916 grams of fentanyl. I don't even know what that looks like. Apparently, it's a lot. There was a 39-year-old man named Brian Peralaga and a tenant, uh, who's the owner and the tenant of the home, is a 40-year-old man named Michael Connolly, were arrested on various drug and paraphernalia charges. This is kind of interesting. So in the kitchen, the recovered a large plastic baggie containing 510 grams of fentanyl in a jar labeled protein containing another 406 grams of fentanyl. Hmm. Upon questioning, upon questioning, uh, one of the men stated that his white powdery substance in the plastic jar was protein. And the plastic baggie was a gift from his neighbor. He was unaware of the the contents of it. He, uh, advised he does not allow drugs to be sold in his home, but apparently these gentlemen had really long lengthy, criminal history. So I'm sure that's going to, I'm sure that's going to fly. So there was enough fentanyl in there to kill 481,000 people. So I'm sure they're going to spend the rest of their life in jail. Don't sell drugs. Don't do drugs. Don't do stupid shit. Well, I hope you guys didn't enjoy this podcast over here. It is also a video. If you guys haven't checked it out, uh, it's on the channel. Just type it in Robert Turkla or Lunkers TV. I'm sure it still pops up on the feed. I know this is crazy. Something different. Hope you guys did enjoy it. Maybe, maybe tomorrow we'll have this light up here. Light. I know right now we got a panel, which is a little bit bright, but I hope you guys did enjoy this over here. I'll see you guys tomorrow with another podcast and another, hopefully another video. See you guys.